Blog Talk Radio. Your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. 
I am a Reiki master and certified sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, our chat room is open, so feel free to join in the discussion that's already happening online now. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it, and we will do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative for those of you who are on the go, you can't listen online any longer, please call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227. That way you can listen via your phone, or please, please, please use your Bluetooth if you are driving about. Before we begin tonight, I have two announcements. First, I have recently signed on with SFN Radio, a subsidiary of SFN Media Group out of Los Angeles, and I am hosting their talk show, Insight, every Monday and Friday. This is a live show, so if you want to listen in, you need to go to sfnradio.com to check the show time so you can tune in at the right time to hear the show. I am not going anywhere. I will continue to be your host here at Energy Awareness Radio, so don't worry about that. We'll still meet here every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Also, if you like folk music with a little pop, check out the new singer-songwriter Katal, whose single, Cottage Grove, premiered this past Monday, March 4th, with a brand new music video starring Huey Lewis and the News Video Girl and the Young and the Restless star, Cindy Coleman, who sang I Want a New Drug. Katal is an indie musician who is most definitely following her dream. The video director is Stuart St. John, who has joined us here on Energy Awareness Radio a few times, and he also happens to be the composer of the Abraham Hicks Hay House Sarah audiobooks. You can watch Katal's video by going to www.katalmusic.com, and you can listen to her music on SF radio.com as well because they're playing her music throughout the day so go ahead and use that as your background that's sfnradio.com let's see you'll find all kinds of other interesting artists there as well it is a wonderful radio station so make sure you check it out under iTunes too under ambient music so go ahead and do that okay on with tonight's show we all yearn for clear-cut answers to life's problems, but we really get them. And then, when we do, we often receive results that point us in just exactly the opposite direction from what we expected. Formulas fail and contradictions mount. Understanding and embracing the points where our life feels most confusing or most contradictory can actually lead us to more satisfaction and joy, as strange as that sounds. My guest tonight is Mark Lesser, the CEO and co-founder of the nonprofit Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute, S-I-Y-L-I, is a nonprofit company whose vision is creating enlightened leaders worldwide. Based on programs he helped develop within Google, S-I-Y-L-I accomplishes its mission by employing the tools of mindfulness and emotional intelligence to help leaders and organizations achieve more productivity, leadership, effectiveness, and happiness. He lived at the San Francisco Zen Center for 10 years and in 1983 served as director of the Tazahara Zen Mountain Center, the first Zen monastery in the West. And Mark is the author of Less, Accomplishing More by Doing Less, and ZBA, Zen of Business Administration, How Zen Practice Can Transform Your Work and Your Life. And tonight, we're extremely fortunate because he's here to discuss his most recent book, Know Yourself, Forget Yourself, Five Truths to Transform Your Work, Relationships, and Everyday Life. 
Thank you, Mark, so much for joining us tonight. How are you being this evening? <laughs> I'm good, Pete. Thank you for that um, really sweet introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I thought it was really, really neat. I, I loved your book because, you know, it's funny. Um, I love the title, Know Yourself, Forget Yourself. <laughs> it speaks loudly. <laughs> and I know it's based on Buddhist mindfulness and meditation practices so that we can learn how to choose correctly and then take action and find ourselves on the right path as we traverse life's difficulties and challenges. And in it, you speak of five truths, and you offer a host of practical exercises specifically designed to show the reader how to fully understand and apply your guidelines to their own daily life. However, I also read that you actually wrote this first as a manual for yourself, so it wasn't intended <laughs> to be a book at the beginning. Is that correct? Oh, no, that's, that's, that's slightly... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe no, not? <laughs> I, no, I, I, I would say that, um, no, from the beginning, I, I in, intended this to be a book, but I think... Uh, at the um as i was finishing this book i was found myself transitioning from running my own kind of one person uh, consulting company to to more of a leadership position in running running an organization and i think i in the uh in at the in the end of the book in the epilogue i think i say something like um i i i could use th this book may serve as a manual for me in in terms of uh guiding me in my own new the challenges of leadership and and um and in fact it's great it's one of the great things about writing a book is you actually get to open it up and read it yourself and say yeah this is this is good stuff i should be doing this <laughs> you take your own lesson right <laughs> exactly it's 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 yeah, much, it's a lot much of easier <laughs> well well that's actually one of the things that i that i discovered um you know pr pretty quickly is that um it, it's much it's a much easier job to uh, be a coach and consultant to other leaders than to actually than to actually be one. Yes, sometimes that's very true. <laughs> They're both, you know, they both they both have their, um, their their advantages and disadvantages. But but anyhow, it is um, I'm I'm really enjoying and appreciating uh, the, the challenges and possibilities of being in a leadership position. Yeah, well, and you've done so much wonderful things with your life. I can't help but think you have been in a leadership position a lot. Maybe you just didn't think you were. <laughs> oh, yeah, but just, you know, you know, I um I I started and ran a uh, a publishing company that made greeting cards and calendars from recycled paper, a company called Brush Dance that I I launched and ran for about 15 years and um and it's it's um it's different when you are are re responsible for employees and a team and you're you're uh, running that kind of business is a different experience than um you know, there's di just different challenges to when you're running a one person company with um, as a as a coach and consultant so now i'm mm. i'm back in the seat of uh of growing a company and working with working with a a team and and it uh it it gives you um the possibility of having you know, greater impact, getting more done, and uh, and it's challenging. Uh, being uh, leadership is challenging. Sure, absolutely, it absolutely is. Uh, especially if you're in it yourself at first, until you get a team going. Sometimes it's easier when you're in it by yourself, but sometimes you need people to help you. So I don't know which challenges are worse, whether you're doing it all yourself and you don't have the time, or you have teams that now you have to try to manage a little bit. You know. <laughs> well, it always it, it 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 always looks like the whatever we're not doing that always looks easier. Yes. 
grass is always greener, right? <laughs> exactly. So there's some there's some there's some truth in these in these uh, cliches. Yes. Well, and there's an awful lot of. Um, your book is very, very interesting. It, it's funny because Know Yourself, Forget Yourself seemed familiar to me, and I, I didn't really know why. And I started thinking about it, and I was like, oh, you know why? Because it reminds me so much of the philosophy of, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this gentleman's name right, is it Jiddu Krishnamurti? Well, I think of, I, yeah, Krishnamurti. Um, yeah. I'm not even sure. I've never even heard the first part of his name. But, yes, Krishnamurti, that's correct. It It is so... Your book really it kind of uh, goes beyond what he did. I looked at it that way because I thought, you know, so you know, know yourself, forget yourself. Okay, and and everything that's all the paradoxes and everything that you talk about in the book. When he said, I, I believe it was him that said, if we can really understand the problem, the answer will come from it because the answer is not separate from the problem. Right. That's right. And I kept, yeah. And I kept thinking of that, and I thought, wow, this book reminds me of that, which, you know, he was the greatest thinker, one of the greatest thinkers and religious teachers of our time. So that puts you in good company. <laughs> well, thank you. And, he, you know, and he was very much a scholar and student of uh, Eastern and Western, you know, philosophy and mysticism. And, and uh, where, it, for me, where this expression comes from uh, is kind of taking and kind of playing a little bit with a, a – uh, some famous writing that was done by a um, a man named Dogen, who was the uh, the founder of Zen in Japan in the 13th century, and he was he was a um, I- incredible scholar and teacher. And in one of his writings, there's a a line in which he says, um, you know, to study the way is to study the self. Um, to study the self is to forget the self. Uh, and and to forget the self is to uh, awaken or become you know, to become awake or free with everything and everyone, and that was um, I, I actually uh, first came across that particular expression right to study the self, study the ways to study the self and to study the self is to forget the self many many years ago and that's been that's been a, um, a kind of uh, an important and paradoxical. Uh, kind of something that that I find it, it feels true, it feels right, and it feels really important. This idea of uh, this combination of self-study and self-forgetting, and and how they go together. Yes, and you explain it very well throughout the book because it it keeps reminding us that you can do the the paradox at the same time, even though you don't think that you can. So that's how you came up with the name of the book. That's really interesting. It was because of what you had read before. Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. that was, um, you know, very, very, very uh, influential. And, uh, and I found myself uh, being intrigued and in writing about paradox and writing about many paradoxes, you know, and, and ended up uh, finding that these, um, these five uh, that I talk about in the book were about the, the minimum that I could get at, and uh, and actually for a while uh the, for for some time the title of this book uh, was was be confident uh, question everything which is one of the other p- paradoxes and and uh-huh. actually i think i think for some time uh each of these paradoxes seemed so important that they um they actually served as the the title uh, fight for change accept what is right? yep. embrace embrace emotion embody equanimity and then you know, I remember you know calling the publisher and saying, "I've got it. The title of this book is Benefit Others, Benefit Yourself," and um, 
but we kept we kept coming back to this uh, know yourself, forget yourself as being the most uh, kind of basic and primary of the paradoxes. And it's interesting because benefit your others, benefit yourself is at the top of your pyramid, and know yourself, forget yourself is at the bottom of the pyramid. So it kind of flows really nicely. You yeah. know, it, it completes itself. Yeah, that was somewhat of a um, uh, a surprise that that um, when I looked at these these five paradoxes and how they fit together, it felt it felt like they were actually. Um, a program, some order to them, and that as a way of practicing and working with them. And the, uh, I, I like the way the book is divided too, because you explain the concepts and methods in the first part, and then in the second part, you actually move to talking about the five core truths and and their, their effectiveness and, and and how to work with them. Yeah, yeah, I I really appreciate that that particular um structure, right? To talk a, a little bit about the background of where they come from and then to go yes. kind of unpack each of them. Yes, I think it's easier as a reader to I like that. I like the fact that you did that. I thought it flowed very well because you could understand things a little bit better as you went through them. Um a couple of questions I had is you know, for for the listeners who haven't read the book yet, I think cuz I try to ask questions from the listeners' perspective so that they understand a little bit about the book and then they'll, you know, once they go out and, and get it and read it, they can, they have a better understanding. But is there really a way to practice self-knowing and self-forgetting? Yes, definitely. And I think that in, in some way um, the two go together really, really well. And and maybe I should say a little bit about what I mean by that, you know, because I, I, I think, um, I, I, I think this, the self-knowing is fairly straightforward. I think the self-knowing uh, is about self-awareness. Uh, it's about paying attention to and getting to, to, it includes things like self-assessment, knowing what our strengths and uh, and growth points are, uh, knowing what our own triggers are, understanding our own history and story, as well as our own aspirations. So there's a, those are kind of some of the, key pieces that make up uh self knowing and as well as, as well as knowing yourself how how we uh how we function uh in relationship to others how we function in our in our work lives so the, all those kinds of pieces the self forgetting you know it can be uh can be talked about on a few different levels uh one level of self forgetting is just the the level of helping others and practicing uh, practicing more listening skills, uh, practicing more uh, empathy and compassion. So this is uh, shifting our focus so that we're less focused on ourself and more focused on, on others. That's one level. Um, another level is to become, um, to be able to know yourself so well and to be so confident in yourself that you're able to not be very self-conscious and not having to be checking yourself and guiding yourself so much but to have a, a kind of um a kind of real freedom a kind of emotional freedom a freedom where you're uh worrying less stressing less checking yourself less so there's that's that's another uh another level of of self forgetting that I think is um important so and and just to as a little asterisk you know self forgetting is in no way um kind of not it's not about not taking care of yourself or it's not about letting others 
um, push you around. Uh, that, right. that's, that's, that's not what I mean by self-forgetting. Yeah, no, it's it's more about the awareness of yourself. And then, as you said, I really like that one, focusing on other people. If, you're, if you volunteer to do other things, you take the focus off of yourself. You're doing something good for the world at large, the community, and it, come, it does come back to you, and you are forgetting about yourself consciously, but it's almost like subconsciously, well, I think it is subconsciously, you're growing because of the fact that you're helping others. That's right. That's right. And, you know, and I think um, it's also interesting that the more, the more that we are able to help others and listen and give ourselves over to, uh, to looking at how we can um, practice uh, support, listening, compassion, it's also a great way to increase our own self-knowledge. So they, again, these two things work really well together. They, yeah, they absolutely do. And so many times on this show we talk about having gratitude for things as well, and, and you touch on that in your book too. To be grateful for that which you do have is in a way self-forgetting because that's, you're that's not right. thinking about what you want. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, the de- the desire for the material things isn't really so much there because you realize how much you actually have and the reality hits in that it's not all material things. That's right. Great. I mean, gratefulness, gratefulness in a way, just being mm-hmm. great, grateful um, is a way of practicing self-forgetting. Yeah, cause it's so a much, great way. Yeah, so much of our, you know, when we, so much of our, um, our own stress and uh, discomfort and anxiety has to do with this when we're, right, when we're looking at what's missing, right, we're focused on what we what we want, what we don't have, what others have that we don't have. That comparison, that comparative mind. This is all um, the kind of the opposite of um, of know yourself, forget yourself. Right. It's 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 focusing on the lack instead of focusing on on what you can bring to better the world. And people think, well, you know, not everybody's born to do better for the you know to be the Mother Teresa's or whatever. And it's like, well, wait a minute, we. We might not be at that level, but we're all here to help each other. And if you do put the other person first, it does come back tenfold. I mean, I believe it does. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, okay, so now there was something that you were uh, you, you were talking about in your book called Personal Audit, and I was wondering if you would mind describing the personal audit for our listeners and explaining why it is so important. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I think a lot of people here – expressions like you know to to start where you are the importance of starting where you are but but i think it can it can actually take a bit of uh a bit of attention and work to actually have a way of uh, giving the starting point some form so i and it's it, i was surprised um when the first time i did this um exercise how uh, surprising and important it was which was to to um to check in and to actually create a document, to create a piece of paper that you commit to filling out. You know, um, for me, I did it twice during the day, once in the middle of the day and once at the end of the day. And you can create your own categories, but some of the some of the categories that I recommend are things like, uh, you know, how much sleep did I get? Uh, did I eat healthy foods today? How much exercise did I get? Did I give some time? For spiritual practice, uh, did I have some 
some meaningful conversations, uh, how much work did I get done, and just to spend you know five or ten minutes uh, filling in these these kind of categories just as a as a um, you know for a week, um, even better to do it every day for two weeks and and a lot um, you can actually find out a lot about yourself just by doing that kind of a personal audit to to kind of get a reality check about oh gee, it seems to be a pattern that I don't get much sleep or uh, I really in, I really intend to eat good food, but in fact I'm I'm not, or or wh- whatever your particular uh, issues are. So just a great way of increasing our own uh, understanding of what's what's really going on in our lives. It really is, but it's scary too because <laughs> when you do it, if you're honest, you know, and you actually do it, and you do take the time to look back and see. Where did I mess up? Which is what I was saying when I did it for a couple of weeks because I've had your book for a while, and, and you know, and I thought, okay, where did I mess up? And I realized, ooh, I thought I was doing better than that. It really is a wake-up call. Yeah, yeah, but again, I think part of it is to um, to approach it from a perspective of that this is about learning and growing, and not so much about uh, judging or beating your beating yourself up. But uh, you know, our uh, it's interesting the power of our habit energy that um it it's it's and it takes um it usually takes a variety of tools and often some kind of support to change the habits that we that we want to change uh so this is a way of checking in and doing a little reality check about what what is some of that habit energy that we might not have been aware of yes and the you know it's funny because so many people will talk about a spiritual practice and nobody's talking about a religion or you know having to go somewhere to have a spiritual practice and so many times people will say well i don't have time for a spiritual practice and it's really something that's easy to bring into your life and and it balances out every other area it seems once you start to do it on a regular basis and really really discipline yourself doing it. Yeah. I mean, it, part of it, um, I, I know sometimes the word discipline can be troublesome for people. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But um, again, so it's almost like just um, creating a different kind of habit. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I work with a lot of people in uh, helping people who want to have a regular meditation practice, and it can be hard. Um, you know, I, I realize that... Um, I started my own meditation practice when I was young and when I um, had an opportunity to sit meditation with a group every day that I lived, you know, I, I lived nearby and then um, within, you know, the the San Francisco Zen Center and there was just this, this group of people who were um, sitting meditation uh, every, every day early in the morning that I could join and, and what a great opportunity. Most of us don't have that and and it takes um it 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 takes it, it, it takes some real um effort getting a meditation practice uh, started until you actually can experience what the benefits might be and one of the benefits that i've always found from it and we've talked about this frequently on the show uh, meditation because so many people do say you know i don't have time for that is that when you do meditate even if it's only for 10 minutes you find that I find that it centers you in such a way that you have more time during the day to get things done and you don't react to things, so which is a time waster. 
you just flow a lot better through the day. So to me, when people will come in and, and we'll be talking about what's, you know, what their issues are, I'll ask them if they meditate and I'll say, you really, really, if you can try to just cut out a little bit of time in the morning and see if your day will be better because of the fact that you grounded yourself and you got you, yourself into this point of, uh, of just being where you are and knowing you can go forward and you won't react to things as well. And even five minutes a day makes a difference to a person. So I, I, do you find that that's true as well? Yeah, I mean, I you know one of the um, uh, one of the commitments that I've made for myself is that um, I, I, I sit, I, I spend, uh, I sit meditation every day, uh, and even if things have kind of gone totally haywire in my in my life and I can't keep my routines, I can I can always find three minutes. Yes, uh, always. You know that that um, there's no excuse. And and just having that that um, baseline commitment uh, makes a big difference for me, and I think just um, you know m- most people's you know lives, many people's lives are are quite uh, full and 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 hectic, and just having uh, just having some time uh, every day when there's um, nothing that needs to be done, when you can just see it as a giving a, a gift to yourself of having the the some time when you can. Uh, step out of doing anything or step out of anything being um, about uh, judging or right or wrong. I think I think you bring up a good point. I think sometimes people have difficulty finding the time because they almost feel guilty that they're taking the time for themselves. <laughs> well, our, well, that and our our culture is so focused on doing and getting stuff done and productivity fast. and fast yeah. and, and fast, right? And what a yeah. What a crazy idea to um, to do to have time where you're not doing anything, mm-hmm. and, and and yet actually there's there's um, more and more tremendous uh, scientific evidence about uh, the importance of uh, having that time and that that um, you know it's that that old saying about uh, you know slowing down in order to speed up. Right, exactly, and that's what it is. Boy, that's a paradox, isn't it? <laughs> But it's true that you need to slow down so that you can speed up, which is part of the reason why I meditate like um, 15 to 20 minutes in the morning, and then I try to do 30 minutes at night. But sometimes, to be honest, I fall asleep. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, and that's okay. <laughs> but I find that if I do that 15 to 20 minutes in the morning, it does slow me down so that I can do things more efficiently during the day, which is actually speeding things up you're, because you're not reacting to anything at all. And, and it just seems to work out that way. You know, it just seems to be a bit better. Uh, you know, we're talking with Mark Lesser, author of Know Yourself, Forget Yourself, Five Truths to Transform Your Work, Relationships, and Everyday Life. And you can learn more about Mark and his work by visiting the website www.marklesser.net. Oh. You know, a lot of people, you brought this up a little bit, um, they're finding that they're going through things every day and, and they're stressed out and they're rushed and it's difficult for them to separate what's happening at the time when we want to see the change we're trying to make to separate those? How do they fight for change while at the same time they accept what's actually happening in their life? Yeah, well, this is, you know, a, a little bit like what we were saying even about this personal audit and and um, being able to actually see and accept 
what is it that's actually happening? I mean, even in I find this in my um, in all parts of my life, whether it's my uh, work part of my life or the relationship part of my life. Uh, in order to focus in and knowing, um, so if I'm, you know, like in my in in my business, you know, in people's work lives, we uh, we we look at our plans that we have in terms of um, in terms of revenue or in terms of customers or uh, or if we work if we work within a company we we have our particular our particular goals for the next week or the next month or quarter uh, but but in order to uh, skillfully navigate toward achieving these goals or making whatever change we want we have to start by focusing on what is um you know in the business world i sometimes call it uh looking at the the what can, what can be the brutal reality so we we project you know that we want um x amount of revenue or x number of customers well what do we have right now how many how many customers do we have right now or if we if we um have some uh, some idea about what kind of um work we want to be doing you know, we or, or we aspire to write a book, or we aspire to you know create some music, whatever it is. Well, what are we doing now? You know, what what's um, what, what do we have in what do we have in place right now? And to completely uh, completely acknowledge and accept where we are right now enables us to be able to fight for the changes that we um, that we want to be making. Which is the next step up from. From that, to uh, I'm sorry, no, it's not. Um, which is right in the middle of your pyramid. It's the center. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the action piece, right? So the, yes. the the bottom piece of know yourself, forget yourself is about paying attention, and then the um, be confident, question everything is a particular kind of um, outlook, and then the fight for change, accept um, uh, what is is a kind of um, the action that we take and uh yeah so that's a really important place that that fits yes and it, and you also talked about the imposter syndrome which is part of the be confident question everything correct correct Did I get that right okay i think yeah. i think so <laughs> yes <laughs> it takes it takes a lot of confidence to question things Yes, it takes, and it takes a lot to do that, don't you think? I do, it, it, and um, and it also the more that we can openly, freely question and, and ask ask really good questions, the more it builds confidence. Um, again, on lots and lots of on lots of lots of levels um, that we're able to question uh, the work that we're doing. You know, because things things change. You know, I, I um, what um, what brings us uh, satisfaction and fulfillment um, might might change, and to be open to actually noticing, uh, as opposed to getting stuck or feeling like we don't have the abilities or courage or power to make the shifts and changes that we um, that we most um, want to make. So again, these two things. These two things really go go hand in hand, but as you as you say t yes it um uh it does um, it does take a lot of um confidence to ask uh to ask good questions 
And it's funny because when I first read that, I thought, well, how can you be confident and question everything at the same time? But the more I thought about it, I thought, well, wait, that's exactly what you need to do because they play off of each other so well. If you're confident, you will have questions to ask. And as you ask the questions, you become more confident. And, and and one of the you know one of the points that I'm one of the key points that I'm making in this book is that I think it's easy to get caught by one-sided one-sided ways of looking at things to think that oh I should really uh, I should really be confident and therefore I shouldn't be questioning shouldn't be questioning or oh I should I should really really be questioning um, I, I shouldn't somehow um, be be so confident. Um, so I'm I'm proposing that um, you should really develop develop confidence and and look at the the ways that we can uh, practice and develop and, and get support and confidence while at the same time uh, develop and practice uh, the art of questioning everything. And you do this so well through the book in, in each one of them because. You explain it in a way that it makes complete sense, and it seems easier to do through your explanations rather than, you know, because when I first read it and I thought, well, how can you be confident and question everything? It didn't take that long for, as I read a little bit more, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this does make complete sense. Of course it does. <laughs> if you just, you know, if you just go that little step further and, and think about it, you say, oh, okay, and it does give you the ability to see both sides. So many books aren't necessarily giving choices they're saying this is the way to do it and and i've had tons of people say to me oh you know i i did that book and it didn't work for me well it might not resonate but when you have a book like this where there is the ability to see both sides and that one to me was was seemed to be really important be confident and question everything because that's what's going to get you going in life that's really what's going to get you to move forward don't you think yes yeah, i mean again that one is is um it is really about the outlook that we that we mm-hmm. what, how do we how do we look at our lives and and that that what a i think what a um it's it's the way that i want to um engage with my in my days and in my work and in my relationship is the combination of with um with a lot of confidence and at the same time uh with complete uh kind of openness and curiosity to what i'm doing and what other people are doing and what might happen and, and you need to do that first before you can go to the next step of taking action because if you you can't just skip over it if you're taking action for why yeah you know but and and in and in truth in truth to you you know in some way i think uh you know, this this book is about um em- embracing paradox and yes i've come up i've come up with this nice program but you know um so much of our lives isn't isn't a neat package and and sometimes mm-hmm. we Sometimes we have no choice but to take take certain actions and and um and we learn we you know we we learn by that yes, it's just that this gives us a really good uh guide to work with so that when those instances come up where you you have to take action quickly and you might not you, you kind of can do it fast, you kind of can put yourself there and say, "Okay, wait a minute, I need to question I need to make a quick decision, I need to take action, but I need to ask a couple of questions I think it it it, well, you said it before. It creates a habit, not just in being able to do the personal audit, but in going through and doing all of these exercises. There's there, there's so much room for habits to be formed that are good for you that you may not even realize that you're doing once you start doing them. Do, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's um, 
kind of the definition of a habit that we're we're not so um we we do it not so consciously not by a real uh, clear decision it's just something that um has we it's it's a it's a rut that we've fallen into and we um we we barely notice if at all mhm but the awareness to change it through some of the uh some of the information here and to you may not even realize that you're that you're changing the habit. So many people think, oh, I have to remember to do this to get this to be a habit. But mm-hmm. once you start reading this and it makes sense to you, and it makes sense pretty quickly. I just, I really like the way you wrote it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I think, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I think sometimes um, uh, this idea of, you know, changing habits and, and uh can can feel to me it can feel um a little surfacey and and um doesn't really go to the heart of the matter but my my attempt in in really facing a paradox head on and the idea of embracing paradox and contradictions um my 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 hope here in, is that um people can can really go deep and and make um kind of what i think of as uh deep authentic kind of long lasting change as opposed to um it's not about skimming the surface it's about looking at uh what's underneath the surface uh and being being willing being willing to dip down underneath the surface absolutely and that's that brings us to the um embrace emotion i think so many people have difficulty with emotions and they don't know how to embrace them and and work with them so they mm, either gloss over it or they get themselves into a rut and stay there stuck in that emotion for a very, very long time. <laughs> yeah, well, those, you know, I think um, the emotional habits are the most difficult because those um, tend to be uh, deep, ingrained body. You know, they're in our they're in our bodies and, and often um, we don't even notice. And, and um, this is where... You know, being uh, being in relationship and being around people who can be uh, speak freely with us, and um, uh, and that we get the whatever the support we need in the realm of emotions. And uh, yeah, so this is the um, you know when you when you introduced me, you you mentioned that I'm um, now uh, running a nonprofit called the Search Inside Yourself uh, Leadership Institute, and and this is a uh, an, an organization that uh, teaches um, emotional intelligence by using uh, the tools of um, mindfulness practice um, and uh, and science and teaching um, people to be more uh, to to work together in a more um, emotionally intelligent way, which is um, hugely important. Yes, I think a lot of people when we hear oftentimes um, therapists will tell people. You know, they'll come in and they'll say, well, they told me to just em- embrace my feelings. I don't even know what that means. And that is difficult when somebody just says those words. Well, embrace it. You know, how? Wh- what's a really good explanation of that? Because I have difficulty trying to explain that to people when they come to me and say, well, my therapist told me to, to embrace this. So, you know, what do I do? And I think, oh, geez, here we go. You know, how did, and they'll say, am I supposed to just sit and be miserable for three days and then get over it? What, what, what does it mean to actually embrace that? And you're right. When it's emotionally based, it's much harder than anything else. That's when 
everything is harder when the emotions kick in. But what do you feel does it mean to embrace the emotions? Yeah, to me, I think one of the one of the most powerful practices in the emotional life is just even naming or labeling what that emotion is. And and this actually brings us, you know, this kind of brings us back to this idea to the the title and an original practice of my book, Know Yourself, Forget Yourself. So, uh just the there's there's interesting studies that that just labeling your emotions throughout the day actually will help loosen your own judgments of yourself and lead to a bit more um, happiness. So, again, what a great um, practice and and paradox. So, um, you know, embracing emotions, one way that I look at it is that just just naming them, just knowing, just um, seeing what's actually happening. For a lot of people, um, it may mean even just developing the language. Often we don't even have the language for our own emotional life. So, what what a great um, what what a great starting point. Uh, just naming what our emotions are and note and noticing. They, you know, when we start to pay attention, we can see that often, you know, these emotions uh, kind of flow through us, um, almost like a like a river, uh, one emotion after after another. And um, and if we're not paying attention, we can get you know tossed around uh, pretty pretty quickly and pretty easily but uh so just um just naming and naming without um without judging can be a important practice that's huge because i think people do judge themselves they don't cut themselves any slack when they have specific emotions that they're trying to deal with they just some people have said that makes me bad right and i i i really feel for them when they say that because nobody's bad you know, especially when it comes to an emotion. But I'll just say, just be aware and recognize it and, and follow it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they'll say, I don't even know. What do you mean follow it? And I'll say, well, you kind of have to just be aware of it, know it's there, and, and just say, okay, why am I feeling this way? And then try to turn it around if you can. Go with it for a while, but don't stay stuck there for, you know, the next 10 years. That's just not going to work for you. You need to, in order to get over something, you have to get through it. I understand that. But you can't take so much time getting through it that you don't live your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I yeah. think I think it makes it hard for people. Yeah, really hard. Yeah. yeah, you know, the distractions of life uh, cause a total lack in concentration for so many people, and they're looking for more focus to be brought into their lives. How do you feel people can bring more focus into their lives? Well, the, you know the starting point is to see that it's actually possible to train your mind to be more focused and a, a, a mindfulness practice or or meditation practice so uh, just just having a few you know just having a few minutes every day when you're focusing on your breath and even the uh focusing on your breath focusing on your body uh the practice that we um that we were just talking about of naming labeling uh labeling your feelings this is also uh, a focus practice because it takes it takes some attention and tuning in to even be um, to even notice what what your feelings are and then to be able to name them and label them. And when let's see, how do I want to word this? Um, because I tell people that too. If you can just meditate 
even for three minutes a day. I think everybody can find, you know, three to five minutes a day, especially uh, some people will say, well, they're on the phone at night talking, you know, catching up, and, and I'll say, well, can you hang up three minutes earlier than you think you're going to? <laughs> you know, set your kitchen alarm clock, you know, your kitchen timer. You'll be amazed at how quickly those three minutes go by and how differently you feel. But the other thing I'll, I'll suggest to them is the breath work. Because that kind of goes with meditation, and it can bring you faster into a state of meditation if you're breathing properly. And people have actually told me that, yeah, the three minutes does help, and then they'll up it to four after a week or maybe five, Mm -hmm. and then they'll end up with ten. You know, I just that's just so important because it is hard to focus. But, uh, for instance, even yoga, you know, I've seen a huge increase over the past ten years in the yoga class that I go to. And I go three times a week, and you get to do Shavasana at the end, which is such a short meditation. It's not even sometimes five minutes long. But I've seen a huge increase in the people in these um, high-stress jobs coming in to the class because they know that between yoga and the meditation at the end, they are benefiting so much from that. The importance of it is is incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, just, I think just having that, um, just having that regular time is so critical. And you must see an increase in people who are wanting to find out through, you know, through your work, everything that you do. You have to be seeing people come in, you know, search inside yourself, Leadership Institute, um, who want to do this instead of feeling like they're being forced to. Because years ago, people felt like, oh, the company's forcing me to do whatever. Now I think they actually are searching for it. Yeah, especially, you know, we, we, some of um, the programs that we do can be can be seen either as being well-being programs, and who doesn't want more well-being, or they can be seen as, you know, kind of management or leadership um, effectiveness programs. And, and I think um, it's also, uh, you know, something that that um, all of us, um, almost all of us, want and need in our in our work lives. Don't need to be forced into uh, offerings in well-being and effectiveness. Right. Right, and, and I think that years ago they probably were. Fifteen years ago, it was something that was pushed on people because management wanted you know more productivity. And now I think people realize it helps you know in the balance of life everywhere if they have this brought into them what are some of the um with the work that you do do you do people come to you solely or do you go to mainly corporations and organizations you know um the the central part of what we're doing is working with with organizations all kinds of organizations from uh hospitals to schools to Corporations to nonprofit organizations, uh, but we are we we also do um, occasionally offer public programs that anyone can attend. We did one uh, at the end of last year in San Francisco, and we're cooking up some other some other public programs um, here uh, in the Bay Area, but also around the country. What what age uh, schools do you what school group do you go to mostly? Oh, we we just we've just done uh, we've done work in different different private. Uh, high schools. Oh, private high schools. Yeah, I bet the public schools you'd have trouble getting in there. Yeah, it's more complicated. Yeah, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. 
That's a real shame because I think that the, this type of work could really be useful in starting the kids out young, you know, and, and letting are, them see. You know, there's a there's a great organization here in the Bay Area called Mindful Schools that teaches. They do really great work in teaching mindfulness in um, public schools and all kinds of school programs. That's great. That's great because if you start them when they're young, they're going to have better lives later on and it would just make it easier for them to live their life than, you know, having to figure things out the way that we all have to. <laughs> well, Mark, we are almost out of time, but before we go, I'd really like it if you tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and your work and how and where they can purchase your book, Know Yourself, Forget Yourself. Um, best place to go, my website, which is um, aptly called knowyourselfforgetyourself.com. And um, people can... Um, get the book through that website and it should also be available at your local bookstore like supporting our our local retail store so um, any of those places and know yourself forget yourself is that a I don't want to say better but is that the website to go to rather than marklesser.net will that have information about any public forums either, that you're either either one will work okay great Mark, all right Lesser, good so marklesser.net or know yourself forget yourself Okay, the only one that they had given me was the marklesser.net. That's why right, I mentioned right. that I think, before. I think so. this one, this this idea to create the site around the book came up a little later. Okay. <laughs> well, that's great, though. And and it is a great book. And listeners, you know, you've been hearing a little bit about the book tonight. It is it is a great guide to be able to help you to 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 move forward in your life and balance things out a little bit better. And, you know, learn to work with that the things that are coming into your life that might be challenging or difficult to deal with. So, again, the name of the book is Know Yourself, Forget Yourself, Five Truths to Transform Your Work, Relationships, and Everyday Life. And the author is Mark Lesser. And you know, listeners, we need you to spread the word. If you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, share it with your friends. Send the link to the show so they can be made aware of all the wonderful things that are offered on this show. All of my guests share their time freely. They give us a minimum of 60 minutes of their day to help us all, and they do it at no charge. You pay nothing for the wisdom and knowledge that you receive here at Energy Awareness Radio from all these wonderful guests who share their time and expertise with us. So please be sure to pass the word, make others aware, share it with your friends and family so that they too will be able to grow and learn and make this world better for everyone. Mark, thank you so much for sharing your time with all of us this evening. It's been great. We enjoyed thank, having thank you, you on. Thank you, T. Really appreciate it. You are quite welcome. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So go ahead and mark your calendar now so that you don't forget. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantum-wellness-center.com. You'll find an archived list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events and Crystal Bowl concerts that I will be hosting throughout the spring. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. Oh my.
my coffee cup I said thank you Thank you What if I looked at the day And the hours ahead And before I moved forward I bowed my head and said thank you Oh I said thank you What if I looked at my life In a different way Took a little more time to stop and pray Thank you. 